Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's Sweetheart. With America's Sweetheart. The Queen of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish American Tornado. Surprise, motherfucker. Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly, everybody. I'm Molly McAleer, and with me, as always, is my co host, Tiffany Maddox. Hi. Hi. Happy Sunday. No. Happy Sunday. <laughs> I mean, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? It's 100% it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. But we should share. I mean, today, Sheba, you know, hit a record price, which is very exciting. If anyone's holding, congratulations. Yes. Yeah, but a tiny, tiny amount. I always feel like I'm late to the party every time I – I think I bought some sheep like maybe, I don't know, a month ago or something, and I didn't buy a lot of it. And I always have like either buyer's remorse or regret that I didn't buy more. Dude, I at one point – this is why you guys – just hold no matter what you do, unless something is like the entire market is going into like a bear market, right? Unless that's going on, just fucking hold. At one point, I owned like a hundred thousand Shiba Inu, or sorry, a hundred million because because they were so cheap mm-hmm. when I first started buying. And I, I'm like holding like 10 now. It's like, you got to just hold, guys. Because I had sold them thinking this isn't going to pop off. This was yeah. a poor this was a poor investment in a meme stock. But you learn. You know, you can't, you can't mourn those things. I try not to spend a lot of time on it because it would ruin my fun with gambling. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's a fun day at the crypto casino. That's what I think. Did I tell you I bought a coin called... It's called like internet something protocol, but because the initials were ICP and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm down with the clown till I'm dead in the ground. <laughs> I I have owned ICP as well at some point. I was like, I've been laughing the last like week though, thinking about like, you know, someday being able to tell my mom that I'm retiring off of something called OMG network. Like how embarrassing is this? It really is sort of embarrassing. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And like, you just, I pick them like, they have this thing here, like, they probably, I guess they have the Kentucky Derby, but like here they have the Grand National every year when it's like a thing. It's like baby's first bet. I know that like when you're often really little, if you have like gambling (laughs) uncles in your family during the Grand National, they'll say, you pick a horse and then you pick the one with the most ridiculous name. And that's basically what I do with crypto. 
Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> but as I, I sometimes do get a little bit conservative about it. I have these moments of fear of like, that's too silly. <laughs> that can't be know. real. You never know. You never know. OMG Network is going to buy my retirement home. <laughs> so tons of stories this week. Yes, it's a full bag. Of course, we have to always start with Elon and Grimes. (laughs) This is the number one Elon Musk and Grimes podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we kind of are, and I hate that about us. Like, if you ever told me that I was going to be regularly talking about these two, I I wouldn't have started the podcast, but (laughs) I do enjoy it. We get a nice little Lana Del Rey moment, too. So her new album, Blue Bannisters, came out. And there's a song called Sweet Carolina that a lot of people think might at least in part be about Grimes and Elon Musk. Have you heard the song yet? (laughs) I've only heard the snippets of it with text over it on on TikTok. I'm not in its fullness. Because she, you know, as much as Lana Del Rey very much writes poetry, I would say that a lot of her music is very transparent. She writes plainly. She does. She really does. I mean, Harvey's in the sky with diamonds. I know your wife, it's all right, or whatever. Like, we, she she says what she's thinking. I'm glad I finally, like, really gave listening to her full albums a chance just in the last couple years because this type of music would have ruined my life. Like, Fiona Apple was pretty reckless for me. When I was young, you know, you could escape into that. But this is, it's, I understand why. I understand everything everyone's been saying about Lana Del Rey now. It makes me feel like a very sad, very hot girl. Totally. Totally. (laughs) But like also it makes like every like teenage girl and boy I've seen on TikTok feel that way too. I would have been a mess if this came out. So this is the lyric that everyone is saying is like a direct shot. You name your babe lie like heaven after your iPhone 11. Crypto forever screams your stupid boyfriend. Fuck you, Kevin. I mean, crypto forever. I love uh-huh. that. Yeah. Beautiful segue, too, from where we started to where we are right now. Yeah. I mean, it's – I love how she mixes so many modern phrases and ideas into very, like, pretty classical-sounding music. Yes. Yeah, very beautiful, breathy, beautiful, breathy things. And she is, like, an OG of the internet, right? Because didn't she make her own – she made her own first music video and she put it on YouTube? Like, she's a a woman who understands the internet. I mean, her Instagram is the most live-laugh-love thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Which is a little bit like it breaks the facade for me because I imagine her, like I thought that her life would be like, like a like a sort of Hollywood starlet from like the 1950s. But actually, she's just like a wine mom who like seems to she'd be the sort of woman who would watch the Pioneer Woman. But- yeah, you see her just sort of like you know around the valley, skulking around in like regular people clothing. Yeah. She, I mean, she was allegedly throwing a fit at a Target. 
<laughs> somewhere and um, said in an Instagram live that it was true that she was at Target, but it wasn't true that she was throwing a fit about them putting out her album a little early. That's like the big accusation. However, <laughs> they do have footage of her vaping and trying on a parka. <laughs> <laughs> So I loved it. I love that she owned it was like, you know, I'm taking the power out of this. If it comes out in the tabloids, like I said at first, I mean, it, it would be an iconic video to hit TMZ for sure. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't vaped at Target? I, oh, I vape everywhere. I don't yeah. ask permission at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's always a you'll come up to me and tell me not to sort of thing. And I'll be yeah. bold with it. And it's only like, I remember there's a comedian here called Blind Boy and he got told off of vaping backstage at a show that he was doing. And he said, but it's just steam. It's like I'm walking around with a tiny little fucking kettle in my mouth. Like, why can't I, why can't I vape? It's like a tiny little fucking kettle. It and doesn't like, affect anyone. It doesn't. It smells delicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm literally smoking one that's called Naked right now. It smells like it's the point of it is to taste or smell like nothing. <laughs> I assume that my pods have not arrived to you yet. They have not arrived to me yet. And the local, I had to order new jewels from the jewel website because all of the local places around me, because they have limited our jewel flavors so much many of the like batteries that you buy have been sitting on the shelf for a very long time. Oh no. And they don't work. So it's hard to get an active jewel these days. <gasps> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm hoping it'll be there very soon. I did have a panic attack at the post office because they made me do a customs form. And I was like, how do I explain what's in this box? <laughs> do you want to disclose or do we, or is that, well, it was get you in trouble with the police. Well, I okay, so I, I was having a bit of a very I was having a no bones day throwback, and um, <laughs> I went to the post office and like I'm shit at post. And usually, what you do when I send something overseas is that you print out the customs form, you write down everything, and then you know whatever everything that's in the box has to go on the form. And I went to the woman who was very angry, just immediately by my presence, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sending this to America," and she said, "What's in it?" And I was like, oh, it's just like, and I like panic because I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be sending jewel pods. So I was like, oh, it's Percy Pigs. Oh, so wait, said, you know, you're not allowed to be sending. Jewel pods. <laughs> don't play dumb. You know that, you know, we're breaking the law and you know, we're telling everyone on our podcast. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe this is, so I just said, oh, it's, it's Percy Pigs, which is like these sweets that are Percy Pigs coming to you. They're delicious. And I was like. Yeah, it's just Percy Pigs. And it was quite a big box. And she's like, okay, how many Percy Pigs? I was like, how many individual like Percy Pigs? How many packs of Percy Pigs? She's like, how many Percy Pigs? I was like, I don't know, like four bags of Percy Pigs. And then she sort of like held it, like put it on the scale. And I was like, oh, and there's some chocolate in there as well. And she's like, how much chocolate? I was like, oh god I don't four four but I just basically straight up lied to the woman so she wrote whatever she wrote on the thing and then I walked out and I, and I almost started crying so <laughs> oh my god well I first of all we should say that all of this is in Minecraft we would never do this not in real life never in real life this is like a very exhausting weekend of Minecraft well the U.S. Postal Service is also like 
experiencing delays now. I don't know if this is related to the Suez Canal or what, but like, I feel like we're still going through (laughs) America's like not getting, we're running low on stuff. So yeah, it could, so should we get into this, you know, beautiful tweet series? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So there is a tweet exchange on October 20th with this woman, Talia Levin, Lavin. Okay. And she, yeah, she tweets, she's a writer. She works for, I think she puts out her own sub stack. So she tweets, taking a break from your research to cry is sometimes important. True. And Captain Jorts replies, it's fucked up. I'm sorry. Also, thank you. Just for bearing witness. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling exactly, but I would hug you if I could. And she writes back, bearing witness and telling stories is my life's calling. And this is pretty, this is a pretty profound moment of that. I'm scared to screw up, really scared, but I care a lot. (laughs) So I was wondering, my God, what could this story be? This must be something incredibly heartfelt and something incredibly difficult to write. I thought she was living with Haitian refugees. <laughs> I mean, close. Very, very close. Very, Almost very close. Same. Listen, and, and it is possible that because I don't think anyone who loved this tweet followed up to see what this piece was actually about. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a clickbait. But she tweets later that day, today's installment of the Sandwich Chronicles covers a New York favorite, the bacon, egg, and cheese. I get emotional about breakfast too. I understand. I get it. A little bit of an anticlimax, I have to say. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be that. But look, a good sandwich can be emotional. Listen, I got super emotional about sandwiches this week. So how dare I be mocking this? I'm having this moment of self-awareness. I am have to be gluten-free now, which is fine mostly. I've never been someone who like craves bread in a basket when you get to a restaurant or I'm never like, I'm really in the mood for pasta, but I do love a fucking sandwich, man, more than anything. And I love pizza and like there's fresh brothers, which is great. They, they do a really good job accommodating. They also do really good vegan food, but here's the thing. A lot of people think vegan and gluten-free always go hand in hand. So some of the best gluten-free options I can find are at places that are also vegan. Mm. And I just wanted a hearty meal. I just wanted like the crunch of like a toasted bread. And I wanted some, you know, meat in the mix, maybe some cheese, nothing crazy, but I wanted, you know, like a nice sandwich. And I couldn't find anything for over an hour. That's the thing about vegan cheese as well is that it's just no, like it just isn't, the technology just isn't there. And like, I love, I love a lot of plant-based foods. I eat a lot of plant-based foods, but the cheese isn't there, man. And the cheese is the thing. Like on a pizza, I could, you know, I could do a gluten-free crust, but a vegan cheese and a gluten-free crust, it just feels like, I don't know, it's too much of a compromise. Yeah, I just, it's the bread that comes, like, when you order a substitute bread, 
of gluten-free, it's like, it's four, first of all, it's $4 more. And it's oh, the yeah. most disgusting thing you've ever tasted. Like it's dry cardboard. Like I thought we would be further along in gluten technology by now. And apparently like when you go overseas, I probably wouldn't even have a problem with the food there. Uh, well, it depends. It depends. I mean, here in, in my country, we don't have country. a lot of them in my country. There are, I think we're in like a similar place technologically. It is often the case that like if they have to do a gluten, if they have to do a gluten-free, they'll also make it vegan because they can tick off both of the boxes. And it just ends up being like the saddest little part of the menu. And there was a while where like I have, a, I have an issue with dairy and I definitely have an issue with gluten. I don't have like full-blown intolerance, but it does make me unwell. And so I tried to cut it out for a while. And in the end, I was just like, why am I making myself so miserable? Like I would rather... I would rather like shit myself than live through this. Really? Because like I was, you know, I mentioned gluten-free something on Twitter over the course of the week and some nice lady reached out to me and said that actually like when you go to Paris or whatever, you can eat most of the baked goods there because our flour is just full of shit. Oh, I mean, that might be the case. I mean, it's less refined. I think we have different different standards of like what can pass as food <laughs> right it's probably um, true that might be the one <laughs> you were know- so excited about taco bell that i i thought you know because tiffany's village just got taco bell <laughs> I, I thought that maybe you worked there i asked you like if that's why you were so excited about it finally i just thought maybe there's a chance you know? Yeah. No, unfortunately not. But look, I might moonlight just so I can learn how to make a gordita. Right? Like, you know, pick up a little 15 hour a week job. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, listen, the breakfast sandwich, I mean, a bacon, egg and cheese is a great sandwich to be emotional about. It is. It really is. It's a classic. And I've cried about way worse stuff. Like I've cried I once cried at the concept of twins. Like I thought about twins for too long. And I was like, I thought it was so beautiful that two people shared a uterus that I started crying. Wow. Yeah. Twin flames too. Twin flames. But I mean, I've never, I've never actually cried over a sandwich, but I would, but I would if it was, I, I mean, I could, I wouldn't rule it out. Were you sober when you cried about twins? No. Okay. <laughs> No, no. I mean, I may have been on acid. I may have been, but I was a very sensitive child, and I would cry. But then, like you know, at some point, you just lose that. It's very sad. I never lost it. I cry at everything. Oh, I cry, but I don't get. I don't make up. I I don't sit soberly and ponder something like twins to that extent. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, okay, this was a special request. This is a wild ride. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to communicate this adequately. I don't know if you want to give it a go. I mean, I could give it a go, but it's a, it's basically a wild ride of a TikTok of somebody's entire 
relationship life story kind of crammed into I mean how long is that I want to say like is it a is it a minute it it's feels 51 like 51 seconds it's 51 seconds it's an entire couple's like relationship history that involves rehab and addiction and finding each other and family it's a whole narrative arc yeah so this is like a common trend on TikTok it has been for a while it's that like Micah like acapella rainbow bullshit it's like it's it's a happy song it's also very annoying Mm -hmm. and everyone tells these insane stories over it so if you want to find out the story you have to sit through this sound which is just so incredibly cruel because 51 (laughs) seconds feels like it lasts forever but instead of doing it solo like a lot of people do these two Brittany jade and her husband acted it out with different outfits for each scene and the point of the trend is like as it goes on things get progressively more and more out of hand and it usually involves a lot of twists and turns this is exactly the type of content that their entire brand is made up of though these are people who are like sober and worked really hard for their family and everything they do is education or something to that extent I hate that sound if I hear the beginning of that sound on TikTok I immediately it's one of the it's one of my worst five I immediately swipe past it you know you can mute sounds on TikTok I figured that out after I got super desperate because the monster mash started coming around again and I have you know very triggering history with the monster mash if you want to hear that story, you can go listen to the episode of Mother May I Sleep, a podcast that I did with Greg Lisi. I tell that story there in great detail. So, okay. The first part is they meet straight out of rehab at 19 in a sober living house in California. And he's wearing like a beanie and like long shorts. And she has on I don't know. She looks like a church girl. Things are going to start to get more intense. They get kicked out for dating and wind up homeless. We both end up relapsing and I wind up in the hospital from my drinking. At this point, they're in like hoodies. They look maybe like they might be displaced and she's like swinging around a bottle of alcohol. Okay. Full full production values on this. The amount of costume changes is it's brilliant do I even have to say that these people live in SoCal like (laughs) the whole they're both tan there's like palm trees in the back I mean if it's I think it's Southern California if not it's definitely Florida so from there it goes on with him being fed up so we break up and she flies back to Wisconsin and then Two days later, he buys a one-way ticket to come with her and be in Wyoming. They get married at 22 and have a sober wedding. We start a family, move back to California, and we're the happiest we've ever been. At this point, she has like a balloon under her dress. (laughs) He's rocking the classic, you know, white, slight v-neck and some, you know, just normal jeans. And then, okay... But after the twins are born, our marriage turns extremely toxic. I move out. We go through a $100,000 divorce and have to go no contact. 
she has a vacuum at this point. Like they're dividing their assets and she's trying to <laughs> claim the vacuum. I mean, it must have been a very expensive vacuum. <laughs> it's filmed like very like there's a slight comedic tone, like but it also seems very earnest. Mm. So there's the two of them are reading what I assume are Bibles and walking around in a parking lot together. And she says, we take a whole year to do deep internal work on ourselves individually. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. a year later, we reconnect after realizing how much we both had changed and grown. They're kissing on the beach. And today our family of five is back together and stronger than ever. Their oldest child looks like she's probably like nine. Yeah, it's a good it's a good decade or more of ins and outs and ups and downs. So this was specifically sent to us because someone said that they would love to hear us trash it this week. I mean, Tiffany, what are your thoughts on this? Look, it's not content that's for me. <laughs> it's not. It's not something that I would ordinarily. Uh, I would. I wouldn't ordinarily assume it was for me if it came up on my FYP. I'm very pleased for them that they have a happy family. I don't know if I have any desire to necessarily rip it apart. I hope that they don't have to go through another hundred thousand dollar divorce. I hate this trend. I hate this sound. Uh, and it always leads to something traumatic it's just that the sound is so triggering to me like the higher and higher it goes as well it's menacing it's really menacing like you know something terrible is going to happen the amount of ones that I've seen I just know something horrible is going to happen because the amount of ones that I've seen that start off with someone like I married the love of my life and by the end of it it's like you know there's someone's destitute and like somebody's dead for sure a secret child something Yes. Yeah. Wasn't there one where there was a guy who had a whole other separate family that was also on this sound? Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've seen a couple like that. Yeah. Maybe I mean, the, the sound way, for that. secret families are way more popular than I think anyone could wrap their head around myself included. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the idea that someone has a secret family. Occasionally, if I'm feeling very paranoid, I assume that my husband has another family in America, <laughs> but I don't think he does. I don't think he's I don't think he would do that. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's a TikTok coming to you. I could be brown. I could be blue. I could be... I mean, it's awful. It's awful. But I think, no, no. You would tell your story way better. And I know, I know Billy won't do that. He's working on being weed for you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. What do you think about it? What do you think about this video? Listen, I, I'm in the same category as you were. This isn't something I would particularly shit on. Like, do I think content like this is kind of cringy? Yeah. yeah. Do I follow some accounts like this because they are cringy? Yeah. But also <laughs> because, like, I'm happy for them that they're sober. Yeah. Like, I, and also, like, let's, I mean, you know, not my job to diagnose, but like they seem like codependent addicts (laughs) and I'm really glad that they, you know, are together for the sake of their kids. If that doesn't last forever, I think it's better than them having to take a year apart. Oh, you know, with that sort of unrest in their kids, young life, it's not easy. So I don't know. I mean, listen, good for you, Brittany Jade. Yeah, yeah. And God forbid you have to buy another vacuum. So, I mean, stay with the one that you love. And I hate to be this person, but I feel like a lot of the judgment is like show, is like kind of this like weird hatred for addicts that people have where they can just like take things out. Mm-hmm. 
on them and mm-hmm. it's easier than like judging their sober friend who's you know basically somewhat like that i don't know listen i'm excited about this tiffany i'm back baby listen when i saw this tiktok i was like this is so triggering to me and then i was like moz is the queen of this scene <laughs> no she's I mean, ready she's coming back really but i am like <laughs> i'm lubed up and ready to go like this is yeah. all of my interests from my life like it's i know that trend cycles are getting crazy and like the y2k fashion it's it was so cartoonish that i was like whatever and of course we always love how the 90s slash 70s whenever whenever we get those influences back it's very exciting but i'm now of an age where i would say like the peak of my young adult life is you know, according to trend forecaster, old loser in Brooklyn, about to happen again. <laughs> I've come around. Listen, everything comes back. I feel like I remember someone saying to me when I was younger that like the older you get, like ta- you perceive time so differently, like things start to speed up. But I'm like, but I was, I was, I, I know I said this about like Y2K and shit, but like, I feel like I was literally just there. I was just there straightening my side fringe. And now it's back. Totally. It was definitely, I mean, I don't know. I think I got, I think I'm still in indie sleeves. So I kind of use that as like a defining point of my life. Like anything before that, I was just like young and and feeling very unsure of myself. So that's sort of how I classify it. I don't feel like I was just there. That feels like, I don't know. I mean, it feels like probably what it was 20 years ago. (laughs) Oh God. 20 years ago. Mhm. Oh my god. Well, I turned I t- I was 15 for Y2K. No, I was maybe 14 about to turn 15. I was how old I would have been 13. Yeah. Yeah. I was babysitting watching MTV the the ball dropping and I remember I was doing that for my mom's friend and I kept thinking like I cannot believe like they're they must not be scared. <laughs> If they're like leaving me with the, yeah, yeah, I'm like, me and the two kids are going to be here. Like, how are they going to get home? I mean, I really thought the grid was going to stop. Right. And they were like, fuck it. Like, I was waiting, like, at when it, once it went midnight, I was waiting for the lights in the house to go out. (laughs) I literally don't remember it. Like, I don't remember it at all. Did you have a New Year's Eve tradition? No, nothing like New Year's Eve like has been is is actually my least favorite night of the year. Like I don't have I've never done anything really consistently. Like the most fun New Year's Eve I've ever had has been like when I've sort of done nothing in particular. I mean, last year me and my mum were playing Animal Crossing together and then at midnight on Animal Crossing there was fireworks in the game. Well, that's thrilling. That's yeah, it's wholesome. <laughs> I actually have a tradition with a friend who I was going to bring up in this story anyway. My friend Stephen Myers, aka Toasty Cakes, and I like to watch Encino Man. Oh, on New Year's Eve, yeah, we call it Encinex Man. Don't ask. But <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we love that movie. So let's play Old Loser in Brooklyn's 
TikTok. I'm a trend forecaster and there's an obscene amount of evidence that the indie sleaze Tumblr aesthetic is coming back and we need to talk about it. Indie sleaze took off in the early 2000s, so following the 20 year trend cycle, this isn't too far off. Some key characteristics from this trend were provocative advertisements, amateur style flash photography, opulent displays of clubbing, bonus points for watermarked photography. If you read Megan Fox's nonsensical Instagram caption, it reads like it was straight from a Tumblr quote. Also the rise in outdated technology. Back then it was typewriter and Polaroid. This time around, it's wired headphones and phone cases that mimic outdated technology. Mashups were really huge during indie sleaze, and TikTok has single-handedly brought back mashups into mainstream culture. Same way we saw Y2K and Mick Bling styles absolutely take over the last couple years, Pendulum will swing back to indie sleaze, hipster, in the next couple years. As someone who lived through it the first time around, I'm excited. Same, girl, same. <laughs> Does this so mean Uncle Terry's back? Oh, God. Oh, no, I think he's gone for good. Actually, okay. did you hear, you know how Taylor Swift, I don't know if people know this, but she never released a tour video for Red because it was shot by Terry Richardson. Oh, And she, that. like, killed the project. Go for her. And people, it seems, people meaning, you know, the collective, everyone out there thinks that Taylor Swift is going to be filming a red tour, like tour video concert. That's what's going on right now. Huh? Mm hmm. Yep. Huh. The Easter eggs have been crazy. But anyway, before I was someone who unironically listened to Taylor Swift, I was very much, you know, this was like my, I wouldn't say my peak. This is like my, I think the era that defines my young adult life. And I have such poor um, comprehension skills that I watched this video, you know, and did not at all pick up on the mashup part. And here later on in this story, <laughs> I go on to list all of these mashups <laughs> because I thought it was my idea. <laughs> well, it could have been. You just had it independently. You didn't realize that someone else had also had it. That's true. It is true. I Because, I mean, also mashups very much define my time in L.A. at this point where I was going to Booty L.A. a lot. I saw Girl Talk like nine times. Like I was a reg. I totally... This was like my most exciting time of my life, probably. So she goes on to explain the cobra snake. Are you familiar with the cobra snake? I wasn't. Okay. So like, do you know who Corey Kennedy is? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, the cobra snake had Corey Kennedy and that was his like muse, I would say. He kind of made her what she was. Okay. He became, like, very close friends with her. I think looking back, like, everyone assumed it was a romantic relationship. But I honestly think that now I kind of don't think it was so much that. I think that they let people think that because she was a lot younger. She was maybe, like, you know, 16 and he was in his mid-20s. So here's a little bit about the cobra snake and party photography in general. There was nothing cooler in 2005 to 2008 than getting photographed by the Cobra Snake, also known as Mark Hunter. Cobra Snake pictures lived on Tumblr. And this was before social media really took off and we were all still living on like MySpace. You really made it if you were on Cobra Snake. This was the ultimate party scene of the mid 2000s. Like look at Jeremy Scott. Before his days at Moschino, 
Corey, Kanye, Jeremy Scott, Agnes Dean. I really think this candid party in the moment aesthetic will come back very strong. It aligns with the trend cycle timeline and this rise in like street photography that we're seeing. Watching New York is a great example. Truly a defining moment of the mid 2000s. Mark Hunter is still working today. You can see his archive photos and current photos on his website. I mean, it was a crazy moment in time. And my friend Steven, who I mentioned earlier, he actually has worked with the Cobra Snake since basically the beginning and like built his website for him and would go out and take a lot of photos for him as well. I have a picture. I'm trying to get Steven to send me a picture that we, maybe we can use as part of our cover that he took of me at Mark's house. But like, it was very much one of those things where it was totally an accessible scene. Mm -hmm. But like you definitely it was I mean, it was accessible, but you had to sort of like swim in it or just be cool or whatever. And I don't I'm not so great with that. I get tired easily. <laughs> I like to go to bed early. I can be very quiet. I, I turn to my phone a lot, which I think is like kind of a bummer. But Mark shot also our, our Hello Giggles campaign for Gap when we went, they sent us to Bonnaroo. So he very much is around. He actually was at the, he came to Bonnaroo and shot pictures there too. But yeah, it's, I'm excited for this to come back. I like the, I'm, I, I'm pleased to see that the aesthetic will be making its way back. Cause I do like that very sort of like high intensity like flash photography slightly grubby like caught in a moment sort of like visual aesthetic of the time absolutely it, it was so bright and yeah you know and everything was being done ironically or as a bit but it was also so curated and it just I mean it popped off visually it was like an amazing pop-off and that was like the Sasha Gray era where she yeah. was like the biggest porn star in the world. And the, I mean, of course there's so much, it's like, you know, it went from being really thin blonde girls with bling to like, you know, are you, are you 90 pounds, but brunette? This was like, when <laughs> this is when it came, became cool to be a brunette again. Yes, I mean, good for those of us with the darker hair who can't bleach for reasons. But I love the, I feel, I feel like a really nice antidote to like the hyper sort of manicured, very meticulous images that we see on social now. I would like to see a bringing back of, because you know, there was a lot of like, I mean, it's mentioned there, like the Polaroids and like people using kind of film cameras, ironically, but everyone had those little like digi cameras with flashes. So there was this like, the sense of disposability still and I want to see more of that like more freedom more disposability more like grit and a bit more like life I mean it seems appropriate for the time and of course this was also in the midst of the recession the 2008 recession so it was a very easy way to sort of like look down upon it always had that sort of like I don't listen to NPR but my dad does sort of <laughs> vibe to it whereas like you probably were from an educated family you know like you weren't it didn't have the bimbo culture involved in it and it was like definitely more catered to the male gaze than any of the sort of like Paris Hilton stuff was mm. but yeah there's this mashup that I want to play that I, it's like this is people are going nuts over this mashup and 
I, it gives me very much booty LA girl talk vibes play this year. It's by a guy named Coos. I mean, I love him. He reminds me of girl talk. He seems like he does this just because he enjoys like the math of doing remixes. <laughs> yeah. I love that the kids are discovering remixes because <laughs> like TikTok is like the home of very good mashups at the moment. I saw a great like Biggie meets like ASAP Rocky one like the other day. And it's like, I had a friend text me and say, why do kids on TikTok think that they invented the like the mashup? And I'm like, because if you're a teenager, you think that you're experiencing everything for the first time. You think like it's like the best thing ever that you're that you're hearing two songs that you kind of like sort of smush together. So it feels like it's brand new for them and it's kind of sweet. I think girl talk would blow their fucking little ADD minds. Like <laughs> I now finding out, knowing that I have ADHD, the fact that I listen to Night Ripper in my car both ways on the freeway, that CD not, did not leave my car for, or sorry, my CD player for a year. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no shit, Molly, you have ADHD. <laughs> this is not like most people's morning and evening commute type music. I'd listen to it twice in a row. This other thing that I, I love that I saw came back. Speaking of your photography thing, did you see that video of a kid? I think the band's called like 100,000 Gex. 100 Gex. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but he was taking pictures in the crowd with a Nintendo DS. <laughs> and he was like, it was, a, of course, ironic. You know, it was bringing back this sort of like ancient technology, but it was so, it was so, I don't know, it made my heart warm for the same reasons of like, oh, we're bringing out grandma's old Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, bringing out the DS tape photos. That's really cute. Also, on the subject of irony, and we can put this in the bonus links, I found a TikTok today of this woman who decided that she was going to do self care, but ironically, and it like essentially. <laughs> Um, I saw that helps her mental health yeah and she's talking to a therapist right and her therapist is like trying to wrap her head around it and she's like so I got up at 7 30 like as a bit <laughs> and then I like made myself breakfast like ironically and it was like you know I was doing it you know as she's kind like, of a I joke I think I fixed my brain she, yeah and, and I get it I think yeah. I used to get into patterns this way too yeah. Where I was like, yeah, like, you know, but I I don't know. Her therapist seemed very positive, probably more positive than I would have been. And that's why I'm not a therapist. I'd be like, mm, <laughs> do it for as long as it works. But yeah, no, it's true. A lot of those things in life, I think you can convince yourself. Yeah, it's just a bit. It's not a big deal. But did you see this? There's a new sort of emo night in town. There's now a Tumblr night. <gasps> It's put on by Club 90s LA on Twitter. It's not really my era of Tumblr. I'm sure it's more like Larry fanfic than whatever I grew up reading on Tumblr. By the way, I also want to point out, I never did the quotes thing. No. I don't think I ever even reblogged or retumbled a quote <laughs> like that. 
but it's a party that puts on a lot of like you know they do different vintage parties they have an ariana grande one though i think this might be the party that I posted a video on Horny for Bitcoin. Sorry, the moderators on Horny for Bitcoin posted a a video that was Olivia by Harry Styles playing. And it was all these people watching a slideshow about shipping Olivia Rodrigo and Joe Biden. Oh my God, what the fuck? I think it's just one of those you know, my humor, my sense of humor is broken, broken. type things. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it makes me laugh just because I'm like, I fucking love these kids. Like, yes, this is exactly what I would have wanted at your age. We just didn't know yet that you could be that like sincere, but also weird. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, God bless them. I'm so happy for them. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is a story, you're pumped about this one. I am so excited about Hell Magazine. Tell me. Ugh. So if you'd listened to our episode a few weeks ago, we were talking about this trend through that teenagers were doing, which was called uh, devious licks, where the teenagers would essentially steal things. As we know, like we live through many, many moral panics. There's often a moral panic every week. We've lived through the satanic panic. We've lived through <laughs> whatever the last moral panic was. I think Lil Nas X was probably the last moral panic that we had a few weeks ago. And now the the TikTok trend of hell maxing has come around and become deeply ironic where the teens are... <laughs> kind of subverting the idea of dangerous TikTok trends by making up a trend called Hellmaxing in which TikTok users try and commit as many sins as possible as a way to what not get into heaven. 
Yeah. So this is like sort of another one of those trends that started, you know, I think we also covered the story about a fake list of potential trends coming up. That was yeah. sent around yes, a teacher's the teachers group. ones. Yeah. And so this seems like a bunch of TikTokers have started this trend to sort of continue to incite fear in adults and like making fun of what they think people their age would do. So Hellmaxing, I, this actually, I want to say something about this. There was a line in one of these posts that said that Hellmaxing isn't related to TJ Maxx or something. <laughs> And the first time I read it, I was so mad that I just like closed the article because I was like, this is so dumb. I hate this joke. This was like, why would you even write this? Anyway, I want to say that the TJ Maxx joke, it grew on me. Okay. I feel better about it. This is besides the point. But how maxing was like a made up sort of, you know. Parents have been warned about a new TikTok trend known as hell maxing. And they went really far with it. I mean, there was like images photoshopped, like things that looked like they were from the news warning people. And I I just love this word. Hellmaxing is probably my favorite word I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, them just committing whatever sins they can to ensure that they won't go to heaven. Isn't it said they'll commit so many sins that even the devil won't have them? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, oh, here's the joke. It was from the Distractify article. It says, the latest iteration of these trends is Hellmaxing, which unfortunately has nothing to do with TJ Maxx. (laughs) That line infuriated me. I'm fine. I think it's, I think it's good now. But yeah, it doesn't describe one specific act. Instead, it describes a whole mode of sinful activity that is currently being uploaded on TikTok. Parents are being warned about the Hellmaxing trend. Police in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, have issued an explicit warning suggesting the trend could cause a panic and lead to pandemonium <laughs> in their community. TikTok has banned hashtag Hellmaxing from their platform altogether. So it's now spread to other platforms. They show a tweet from someone that says, A historian friend of mine explained to me one time that a big part of his job was to like figure out was to like figure out which things in history happened and which ones were made up panics that 1800 newspapers just went on about for weeks with no basis in reality so listen that's a good point I think people are bored dude I think so this gives me like did you ever watch brass eye did that ever make it to your shores no I brought what did you say brass eyed brass eye it was a um, brass eye no I haven't it's it's like I don't know if the humor would translate I would have to ask my husband if I think he thinks it's funny but it was a tv show in the like 90s early 2000s by Chris Morris who's like my comedy hero and it was a fake kind of like uh 60 minutes style kind of news program where each of the episodes would be about a different like new moral panic and it was like designed to look like news so they had one on drugs and they would basically get celebrities to they would dupe celebrities into reading things like sort of public appeals about like the latest drug panic and they would make up drugs 
Like there was an episode that they said that there was a drug called cake that screwed with your perception of time. So they played a clip of a song and said, for somebody on cake, that sounds like a fortnight. You know, they're in it for a fortnight. They did like one about, they did one about pedophiles, uh, which was, sounds like it's not a barrel of laughs, but it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, anyway, no, how, I think I love this idea. I'm going to, I have to send it to you, but essentially one of the, the, the hell maxing sounds like something that would have been made up on Brass Eye to like, as a fake news item that they would have done. Like, this is so my humor. This is like, like peak Chris Morris. This is like right in the bullseye. Yeah, it cuts you deep. I mean, the second I saw it, I was like, that's the best fucking name I've ever seen. Hellmaxing. I mean, I almost wish I came up with it myself. Yeah, it's perfection. Do you have anything more to say about it? Should we? I think like more Hellmaxing. I mean, it's Halloween. I would love to see what that looks like. I think it'll be especially good if all of the Hellmaxing, I mean, they're not allowed to use the hashtag, but any videos like branded as Hellmaxing are actually people doing like very like sweet, generous acts to subvert it further. I love it. More of it. What could be next? Like Devious Licks was great. Hellmaxing, great. We need a sexual panic. Like we need some kind of like odd sexual act that the teens are doing. Like the bracelets. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, and something, something that feels like adjacent to like Mormon soaking. Cause I know there's a lot of like Mormon sex stuff going around on TikTok. I'm right obsessed now. with the soaking. Absolutely. And what should is it called? Like jumping? Ex- should we explain that? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I had okay. to explain to my mother the other day, which was uncomfortable. I would say. Do you want to, do you want to explain? I'm shy. I'm <laughs> well, I'm fresh off the book. I've just, I went to see the Book of Mormon on Friday. So I'm like fresh off this. I wasn't super aware until I found this Mormon lady or former Mormon lady on TikTok that there was a phenomenon that I guess horny teenage Mormons, try saying that three times fast, would do, which would be called soaking. So like one Mormon male would insert himself into a Mormon female and not move at all, would simply let it marinate as a way to, I guess, satisfy some sort of sexual itch, but not actually have sex. And then this Mormon lady on TikTok, and I forget what it's called, I have to look it up, but basically there is a thing that you can do where you would have a friend come while somebody is soaking in you I guess and your friend would jump on the bed to create movement so that there wasn't actually like you the people weren't physically creating any friction but the movement of the bed by a third party would create the friction needed for it to feel somewhat adjacent to sex so it's not the penetration that's illegal it's It's, the yeah the thrusting it's the thrusting everybody knows that I feel you okay well I did see a video where clearly a fleet of young Mormons were on a plane and they like end the the shot in the very last row where it's just like two guys and a girl and all of the comments are like we know who they're soaking in this (laughs) oh god but like it's so like once you like think it you can't unthink it like all of these like BYU kids that you see that like clearly they are in relationships there's sexual tension 
they probably soaked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely worse than sex. Oh my god, it's way worse. It but feels- not to John Smith or whatever his name is. What no. was his name? John uh, Smith? Joseph Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith. Hell yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good for yeah. him for doing that to all these people. <laughs> I mean, there's some power in it. So actually, coincidentally, we are covering a a cult next. Um, so this is a little bit more niche and something we're going to have to keep our eye on. But there is this creator named Angela the Goddess. We've covered cults before, the Galen Road cult. This is a cult to watch. She is a TikTok creator who's back under like a new username, but she has a cult called Daddy's Girl Cult. And I love real Double D Mava. I love her because she tells these stories in such a great way. Let's just play her clip where she'll sort of give the download on it. Hey players, it's time for Angela to make the Blackurate news. So if you're confused about all these videos on your FYP about Angela the goddess, then you need to stick around and go down this rabbit hole of drama and trauma with me. So this is Angela, she's from Michigan. On TikTok, she goes by Angela the goddess where she is the self-proclaimed leader and God over daddy's girls. Now this group is being called a cult. Angela is a stud and she is the daddy to more than 10 women on this app. Now these ladies are all BBWs and they are beautiful. But many people are now saying that Angela is preying on the BBW lesbian community. And they're saying that she's doing this because she used to be a BBW herself. Now I need you to understand that this is renewed drama because this isn't the first time that Angela has been plagued as a cult leader. This is her previous account where she was banned, Angela Natural Genius. Okay, so just pausing it real quick, Angela Natural Genius. I would say that Angela from Michigan... Just like the the idea of that as some sort of cryptid or urban legend is kind of amazing. So she's been around the block. What do you think about the concept of this in general? That maybe she, as a now slender woman, is targeting women who are BBW. I I find it a little odd. I find it a little bit hard to wrap my head around. I don't know if it's necessary. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm just trying to like run it through my head because I've been watching a lot of SVU. Like this reads very like an SVU plotline to me. So I'm just running it through like George Wong, like encyclopedia to see what he would say about it. I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you were a former BBW that you would like, because presumably she's reaching out to like control these women because maybe she feels some kind of way about the way she previously looked. I don't know. I feels like a reach. I think maybe she's just reaching out to women who she perceives to be vulnerable in some way. I mean, that's very possible. Like, you know, she's turning. It, it reminds me almost more of like the pathology of someone on Catfish. Yes, it, this was so catfish to me. So catfish. Even the pictures of Angela, like everything about her in the videos, like the very blue eyes that have clearly like been filtered. It's like, when the fuck are Neve and Max coming? This has got catfish all over it. I mean, this definitely feels like when they meet the catfish and they come out and it's like they're there with three other victims on the lawn 
And it's mm-hmm. like, why did you do this to these women? And she's like, I don't know. I just, you know, I think they need to be healthy or something. Like fucking <laughs> yeah. crazy, you know? It started as a joke. I was bored. And then I kind of, you know, yeah, it's that. It's very that. So let's go back into this video. But being banned didn't stop her. She came right back and continued to get more girls. And they protect Angela at all costs. Why do we send her money? Oh, that's just something that we do. It's no obligation or nothing like that, but we just enjoy doing that. Oh, yes, 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 honey. They send her money. They pray to her as if she's God. And she also has her girls on a strict schedule. She tells them what time to go to sleep, what time to wake up. And they better be up by the time she gets off from work at 9 a.m. Because if they are not, they will face punishment. One of the girls had to cut 10 times on her leg, like the thigh area. And then the other girl had to cut 150 times on the thigh area. 150 times? Yes. And she did it? Yeah. All right. So did you get the sense? I mean, she does send texts to them saying that, like, you need to be up at 630 making TikToks. Like, I need at least 17 TikToks from you. It's like Nixium all over again. Absolutely. And... I will say that the woman who was saying, like, yeah, we send her money. That's just something we do. She seemed very disinterested. Yeah. And explaining herself to the point where I'm like, girl, you don't have to make a video. Like, you don't have to respond to all the questions. (laughs) This one isn't maybe (laughs) if you can't speak passionately on this, I'm not really buying, you know, the mixture of like you really are obsessed with Angela, the goddess and think she's some sort of divine figure in your life, but that you, that you are interested in paying her period. Like it just seems like a bit almost with some of them. And she has, she's met up with at least one of them. Hasn't she like in, in the person, in the person, in the person, in the flesh, in person. Yes. Yeah. I did. I did read that she does not give good head. That's also what I heard, which seems like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick. Like, honestly, it's like I the feel least so you sick. could do, Angela. <laughs> no, dead ass. Like, are you kidding me? It's also so much. I don't know. It's so much posturing. Like, if you look at her profile, it's really, I mean, it is. It's, it's like someone with no self-awareness at all mm-hmm. like I love the narcissists I like on TikTok are the ones that are like yeah I'm narcissistic everyone around me needs to do what I say <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that she has no like self-awareness about it with like the 45 thirst trap videos a day it's a it's like girl like you already have a coven like just let them do the recruiting for you what's with this oh, flexing hundo Pete but you know I have never in my life experienced lesbian thirst trapping in a way that I did when I joined TikTok like the lesbians are running rampant on TikTok there's a great um Rose and Rosie video where they react to all of the like top lesbian thirst traps and it is it's the wild west out here yeah it's also like oddly usually very low effort Yes. Like, looks like it's filmed on an old iPhone, possibly with a dirty lens. Like, it's really just, like, biting your lip and nodding at the camera. 
it's very low effort. And I, I gotta say that like these, some of these pop like popular creators that do that, I'm like, good for you. Like I can't, all these people come on this app and try so hard (laughs) (laughs) and all you do is just put on a black t-shirt and bite your lip and people are following you in droves. It's, it's crazy. I respect that. (laughs) No, the lesbians do own TikTok for sure. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Although my, my personal favorite lesbian TikTok genre is like lesbian, like there is a great like trans woman, lesbian blacksmith who I'm obsessed with. And I'm like, I don't care to, but I'm learning about blacksmithing. And then also like lesbian tool TikTok where they like teach you how to do basic DIY. And I'm like, I I feel very safe here. (laughs) Yeah. I had a woman, what was it? She's like, I'm your lesbian friend or whatever. Like, cause it's also, I think a lot of times there's also the trans handy ma'am. Yes. I think, I think a lot of times, and this is what they're honing in on is that for women seeing or being instructed to do things by men feels intimidating. Yeah. And so they want like a safer presence. And I, I love that that's a niche that's being filled. Like I wouldn't even identify that as like Mm -mm. a reason why I might not be listen interested in listening to someone's dad. Yeah. And like, you you can find one for it. Like there's, there's a, there's automotive lesbian talk also very useful if you want to know how to change the oil in your car or whatever. It's like, it's very wholesome. So I just feel very annoyed that Angela has carved out a very nasty little niche for herself. I know. And there's so much good to be done. So this video continues. So their punishment is cutting. Now the girl you saw speaking there actually did a podcast. She's no longer a part of Daddy's Girls. And she said that Angela was abusive. She also said that Angela's head game was mediocre. (laughs) She said that she met Angela in person and Angela actually hit her. But Angela was taking care of all of her bills and taking money from the other girls to pay her bills. Now the current members of Daddy's Girls is saying that everything that girl said in that podcast is a lie. They are all happy in daddy's girls that they are not being abused and they want to be where they are. Meanwhile, Angela's profile has ballooned. She started this at 26,000 followers and now she has 36,000 and climbing. Angela has not come out to address the allegations at all. Angela, if you need a place to do that, the Black Hearing News is where it's at. So let's talk about it, players. What do you think? And you need to know that abuse is never okay. So, yeah, I... It reminds me of like R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I it also I watched a Louis Theroux documentary a few years ago that was about it was about like uh, sex work in particular, like trafficking and pimping. And there was a female like I guess gang leader who was a stud, very similar to Angela, who had exactly this dynamic, like criminally having like women do sex work and give her the money and this is that exactly that energy it's so funny you said that because I was just thinking oh this is like I feel like she would sell one of these girls oh because the the tie-ins with money make me so uncomfortable like uh, all of this is bad but for some reason whenever they talk about the money I just get this really like very cringe feeling yeah yeah, absolutely. It's got it stinks of trafficking. Has anyone gone missing on her watch? I don't know. I want to we have to keep an eye on this one because I don't know. I think this is already insidious enough 
But I've got a funny feeling there's some there's some very dark, there's some other dark shit that's going on. Should I infiltrate? I've got a fat ass. I could probably, like, I'm... I'm... <laughs> I would love if you did that. I mean, but wait, there is, just for people who want to research this at home, Daddy's Girl called on What to Expect forum and the Lipstick Alley thread about this are down there. That's always a good place to start when you're doing research. <laughs> I would say the number one news usually. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this has gotten so, you know, you know, it's gotten so big that there is a change.org petition to get Angela off of TikTok and in jail. Let's see what the description of this says. It says there's a woman on TikTok named Angela and she has a cult where she manipulates BBWs to become a part of her cult. They get tattoos of her name, send her money, call her daddy and self-harm themselves. If these women don't do what Angela tells them to do, she'll make them cut themselves one to 100 plus times or pull out their own hair. They also tried to sex traffic a 10-year-old girl. This will help my community because it saves little girls and BBWs from getting harmed. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The The two major categories of girls and BBWs. I can't. I mean, this is so, I mean, this is not funny, but that's very funny. From getting harmed more by this girl, her TikTok is Angela the Goddess. She was a BBW herself. We need to make a stop. It's it's not funny, but the, it's the way it's worded is. Uh, it's so ch- funny. It's challenging to... <laughs> I'm in trouble in a TikTok comment section now for laughing at something like that. It made a comment. So this, it was this couple fighting, like clearly like getting a divorce at Disney World. And someone in the comments, a cast member wrote quite earnestly that, you know, working at Disneyland is awful. Like there's so much spousal abuse that happens there. Like one woman beat the shit out of her husband behind Goofy's Sky School. (laughs) And I just commented how funny I thought it was, like inappropriate, <laughs> but funny because like, obviously it's domestic abuse and that's not what is funny about it at all. It's goofy sky school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. hundred percent. It's not even Space Mountain. Like it's go- <laughs> like goofy sky school from what I understand is literally like a toddler shrine, <laughs> which actually is like a it's where it's just anyway. Listen, guys, sometimes things are, you know, they just are. They're funny. All right, moving on real quickly. We should just touch on this because I feel like it's something to, you know, we've talked about Dumois here before. We've even talked about how, like, out of hand the John Mulaney and Olivia Munn gossip has been. Although it is, it's just generally a delicious story. Like, this is the stuff that good gossip is made of. But a... Post got posted on Dumois, and this man, who is now being referred to as the Clammy Oracle, he took he sat up from his sick bed and made a video about it. And this video in the Dumois post led to John Mulaney and Olivia Munn trending for two days, which is a lot. 
for yes. people who are like, you know, it's kind of a lot. So yeah, this is um this is the first video from him. I'm sorry I'm sweaty. I'm very sick. I just wanted to take a break from being sick to say that it's very objectively funny that John Mulaney and Olivia Munn just broke up and I hope I'm the one to break that news to you. Why is it I didn't I don't understand why it's objectively funny. I mean maybe he was delirious. He looks That's a probably little delirious. True. Yeah. That is probably true. Yeah, this is like maybe, you know, he just got his booster shot or something yeah. and he's yeah. coming he looks out fresh from a fever dream. So he posted a follow-up video after that. Okay, it's been an interesting morning. Uh, I've been referred to on television news as uh, the sweaty bald man on TikTok. <laughs> and, and I do have an update on the John Mulaney thing, but first I have to show these tweets. <laughs> and I am truly honored to have once again Forrest gumped my way into niche pop culture history. So, so a little update. So I saw this information on Dux Moi. Du I don't know how to, I, I went to public school in South Carolina. I can't, Dux Moi, Dux Moi. I, I saw it here and then I asked a couple of friends who I know in the industry and they uh, had heard this. So an update as of today, apparently uh, Johnny Boy, uh, cheated and that's shocking because people who cheat on other people and then enter relationships with those people that they cheated with are never known to cheat right 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 uh and thank you to everybody asking if i've been feeling better i have been feeling better my voice is a little bit better today there's a little more light in my eyes uh and there's, actually there's a lot more light in my eyes knowing that i have calls to john mulaney and uh olivia munn's team to tailspin this morning uh i hope you all have a great day including you john mulaney and olivia munn i'm sorry i did this i really wanted attention i'm gonna say it the clammy oracle is not likable. He is not likable. I mean, not likable. But, and he is, you know, I wonder about his friends in the industry. I mean, it's interesting he's using Dumois as the source. I guess he can't really tell his friends in the industry. I also want to know more about his involvement in niche pop culture because i think everyone knows deux is due because of <laughs> lay do yes where were you i want to know when he said i've once again found my way and i was like what was the first time when he said i forest gumped my way into niche pop culture what was the first time what did you break what story did you break previously what's happened here you need i need context I feel like he's a guy that's, like, inappropriate backstage. Right. Like, I feel like maybe he did something upsetting to a band or something, and then they didn't play a song. <laughs> <laughs> that's very specific, but I, I, I like it. It's just something small, but, like, he's thrilled to take credit for it. Mm. The one thing that's, you know, sort of been weird about this for me, like, hearing about it is, like, there's a baby involved and I don't think like it's cool to break pregnancy news. It's like one thing to like speculate about like Instagram pictures or whatever, but so much has come out about this story from people like happily repeating things that they heard. And mm. I don't know. I think it used to be embarrassing. 
to do that. Yeah, very true. Very true. A source once said. Also, I mean, we did kind of briefly discuss this, but there is like a resurgence. I mean, there is a resurgence of blind items yet again on TikTok. Really? Like, it's wild. Like, blind items are back in a big way. People reading blind items, like, uh, people like breaking down blind items. Like, it's a whole subgenre. It is. It is. And the classic empty lawyer from Crazy Days and Nights has also just joined TikTok as well, which is exciting. He's doing like younger skewing blinds. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I see a lot of people shitting on NT because NT has like definitely had some, you know, slightly QAnon leaning posts at times on his blog over the years. But people for or, or you know, of course, people being like, he's not really an entertainment lawyer. He works in real estate or something like he's Steve Bertolino. But I think you guys are underestimating like how connected a man of a certain age could be in this town. Just like, you know, we know Enti has worked with bands. Like I think Enti is very much tuned in. So let's not hit on him when we have Dumois literally posting like live updates practically of where people are. She doesn't do that so much anymore. But if you, you, do you follow Dumois? Mm-mm. I feel a bit, it feels a bit dirty. It feels a lot like everything is sent in from publicists, but they do these Sunday sightings where they talk about all these places in like, you know, LA, New York, wherever the different celebrities were seen, whether they were shopping or doing, you know, and it, it all feels very much like the, you know, who was seen buying what type pieces that they used to have in Mm -hmm. articles. And it's all stuff that's sponsored to be there. They always have so many people putting pictures up, promoting Dumois, like so excited for the Sunday sightings. Why? (laughs) That's what you're excited about? Like, I no, I want like, I want to know who's like making what music video. I want to know you know, who's cheating on their wife. Those are the things I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a magazine many, many years ago in the UK called Heat Magazine. I don't know if it ever made it there, but they used to have a whole like double page spread on celebrity sightings every week. And I remember they had a special section called Where's Winehouse that would be like specifically about Amy Winehouse, which was like- She was all over the place. She was all over the place. And often they would be like, They'd actually be quite funny and quite sweet, but I do think like, I don't know, there's something that makes me kind of uh, skeeved out a little bit. I mean, I do enjoy the trashier the gossip, the better, but there's something kind of fucked up about this weirdly anonymous, like, I don't know, whoever the fuck is buying something in Target thing, kind of coming all the way back around again. Like it just feels like so, I felt felt like we've done this, right? This is 2000s tabloids. Haven't we done this already? for sure. Like when I was at Gawker, we had something called the Gawker Stalker map. And I remember poor Emily Gould had to go on Larry King Live, which was being hosted by Jimmy Kimmel for the night. And he completely ripped her a new asshole because apparently something had been sent in that wasn't vetted to the Gawker stalker map, which basically pinpointed where he was and what time of the day. And of course they wouldn't be completely live updates, but usually like they would get to them pretty quickly, especially when the Gawker stalker map was really on and popping. People would 
check it often because it would be updated often. And Dumois, I think, has backed away from this. This is the point of doing it all on Sundays now. But I remember when she first started to do sightings, there was like girls on all four corners of a block taking pictures of Ramona Singer walking down the street. This was like during quarantine. She was, of course, a well-known anti-masker. So people were sort of, you know, we all laugh at Ramona. She's like, mm. the, she's classic. But it was like, this is too much. Like, yeah. literally all of these pictures are coming in one after the other. Like, there, there's, it, there's too many people doing this. I don't know. But, you know, this became slightly more official today when Us Weekly, which is one of the sort of go-to magazines for a plant. Right. Hosted that John Mulaney and Olivia Munn's romance faces uncertainty amid pregnancy. It's an imperfect relationship. Gee, you think? I know, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I had a personal feeling that perhaps this relationship might not be a forever one. But it's also I, like yeah. none of my business. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's it's like I feel uncomfortable talking about it because it's so like this is something that you should like be reading under the covers and not discussing out loud. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. The blind item culture is back. Do you have a favorite blind item of all time? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't, but I am a but I am a big big fan of that actually no that's not true that I, I do have a favorite blind item of all time it's the one about tom cruise fucking fish i didn't know that what <laughs> it's apparently apparently he buys a he buys a fish a dead fish and then immediately scurries into a bathroom or into the back of a limo with the dead fish and apparently this has been spotted many, many times and nobody knows what Tom Cruise is doing with the dead fish, but apparently he does it a lot. Doesn't he It have bones? <laughs> it does. It depends on the fish, I suppose. Are we oh talking like a sort of God. Atlantic tuna or I don't know, probably not a mackerel. I mean, maybe a mackerel, maybe a minnow. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite, I don't know if this is like really a blind, but it's something we definitely weren't supposed to see. And I'm still curious why we got to see it. The email that Yolanda Hadid wrote to Bella after she discovered the state of her car. <gasps> That's classic. Have you seen, you've seen it, of course, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with Yolanda Hadid not being very particularly great to her children. I mean, I have to be honest, like the car did sound messy and I'm sure that it was like a BMW or something crazy that Yolanda was like, what what are you doing? But I mean, it sounds like your typical troubled teenage girl's vehicle. Yes. (laughs) Mine's, I remember once my car got broken into and I only realized when my passenger door wouldn't close correctly because the because it had been crowbarred, but and and then the police had to come and take pictures of the inside of my car, and they were like, "Wow, they've really they've really kind of like ransacked it." And I was like, mm, "Yeah, no, they really did, definitely did ransack it." <laughs> but I had no fucking idea that my car had been ripped apart. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that's hot. I think that all cool girls have a messy car and that's just, it is what it is. Get with it. <laughs> uh, shall I send you the Tom Cruise fish blind item? So that Please, I'll put there. that in the links for sure. So let's wrap this up. This was a fun 
show. This was a really fun show. We had a lot to cram in. Yeah, we did. You guys, thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show. Please continue to share it with people. I'm going to try and get an interview with my friend Stephen Myers for the Patreon just to continue this indie sleaze conversation. And hopefully we'll be able to cover more stuff on the Patreon soon. That's definitely a goal for us. Thank you to anyone who has joined. If you aren't familiar, Solid Listen, my network has like a bunch of shows and they all live on the same Patreon along with Trend Lightly and everything else. So check that out. And yeah. Buy some merch. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye. Seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Double G's on the left, double G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas. I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013. Some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with Five for Five trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme. They also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.